Welcome to Fitz Dog Radio. It's uh, it's raining again in L.A. Holy shit! I just left. I don't know six weeks of solid rain here to go up to Portland, which is supposed to be rainy where it was fucking sunny and beautiful. Come back to L.A. starts raining again. Maybe something's wrong. I don't know. Enough about the weather. Oh, we could sit here and talk about the weather all day, but then you'd probably start listening to the Sklar brothers or somebody funnier. Fucking love the Sklar. I'm doing a show with the Sklar brothers. They've got a show called Tag It, where you do jokes at the comedy store and then they go on after you and they tag them, which I think gives you, and I think you get to keep the jokes after they give you free jokes. So um, I'll take that. I'll announce it when it's coming up. I was just, I'm, a, I'm in a rotten mood. Rotten, I tell you. Just one of those fucking days. You know, life sometimes is provident and sometimes life is uh, like, a, like a tornado that sucks you dry. Financially, I just it wasn't anything horrible. Like n- nobody questioned my character. I certainly didn't lose a loved one, but it was just one of those expensive days. I went outside, dent in my car, gotta fix that. No note, just a fucking hit and run. And then I get the mail, open it up. There's a doctor's bill, a dentist bill for my daughter. She went to the doctor and he said that her teeth were worn down in the front. So he had to put a little putty in there. Uh, we don't currently have dental on our health insurance. So that bill came in at $2,700. Then I got a bill for my accountant, who is very expensive. And I won't even tell you how much that was. And then what was the other thing that happened? Oh, yeah. And then the handyman came. To fix, we have a flickering light in two of the rooms, just a lightly flickering light. And I didn't know what it was. And he said, oh, it's just, you just need a new switch. Puts in a new switch, $470. What? What? And I don't know. What do I know about switches? I'm not going to stand there and fucking haggle with a guy. He may know what switches cost. I don't. It sounds high to me. Sounded very high. And so, sure enough, I come home tonight, put the light back on. It's fucking, uh, it's, whatchamacallit, I just said it. It's, uh, flitting. (laughs) Uh, What it is, what, what, it it flick, flickered, flickered, flickered again. So I text him and now I, now I got a head of steam after this day. So I text him, I go, hey, why, why do you come back tomorrow? I guess the light's flickering. I go, why don't you come back tomorrow and refund the money and I'm going to hire somebody who can fix it. And that, and that's a pissy, that's a that's a, not a nice thing to do. But this guy, I talked to a few people who all said that seemed extremely high. So I don't mind being ripped off, but don't rip me off and don't get the job done also. You know what I mean? So... To, plug in your prostitution analogy joke there, which I'm not going to do because it's beneath me. I just, somebody just sent me a clip of Madonna who I, I, you know, I I don't, I don't want this to be a negative podcast, 
But Madonna's not like I was never on board with Madonna. I just didn't grow. I grew up during her peak when she was all over the radio. I never got the music. It's it was saccharine. It was pop. Everybody threw the word genius around and icon around. I was like, all right, she's not. A, she does not have a great voice. I mean, quantifiably, quantitatively, does not have a great voice. It's okay. Not a great dancer. Good dancer, not a great dancer. Um, pretty, not beautiful. Uh, choice of music, not groundbreaking. She basically took a bunch of sounds that were already around in the early 80s. You know, she took a little hip-hop feel. She took disco, and she blended it together. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so someone sends me a clip of her on stage, and there's a gentleman in high heels who is, which, so he's pulling her across the stage and she's sitting in a chair and he's dragging the chair and it's, it's, it's bent backwards. So she's leaning back in the chair. And then this poor gentleman trips on his high heels and he falls to the ground and she falls to the ground and she's singing that song, open your heart to me, baby, I'll be the lock. And you be the key or something like, first of all, can you fucking hit me over the head with a duller metaphor? Could you do something that's just, that's, I said metaphor twice in a five minute podcast, but you get it. I mean, the lyrics are pretty fucking trite. Oh, you're the lock. Oh, my cock's the key. Oh, that's genius. That you're an icon. I'm at that time. I'm listening to fucking Jim Morrison who's doing poetry about serpents. You know, that's, those are your lyrics you can get off to. Anyway, so she falls down and the voice track, it was clearly a track because you didn't hear her fall. And then she starts laughing, but the voice is still singing. These people are paying fucking thousand dollars for tickets to sit in an arena and watch a middle-aged woman half dance and get dragged around by gentlemen in high heels to a fucking record. A record? What am I, 90? You know, a CD or an 8-track. Whatever they're playing, it's not her singing, I'll tell you that much, Madonna. And then she get. I remember she got to a certain age and she was dating a British director. What's that guy's name? Guy, uh... Guy something. Guy Ritchie. She's dating Guy Ritchie. She's hanging out in England. All of a sudden, she comes back to the U.S. Guess who talks like a Brit all of a sudden? Okay, Madonna from fucking wherever she's from, Milwaukee. Where's Madonna from? I need a I need a producer that I can go like this. Where's Madonna from? Anyway. Enough of that. So anyway, so I was up there in Portland. I flew up on a Thursday and I'm sitting, I, I walked and I'm not one of those guys like, if, if there's a kid sitting next to me on a plane, fantastic, especially it's a two hour flight to Portland. Uh, I love kids. Uh, this is cute little girl. She's about three years old, blonde hair, nice mother. I sit in the window seat, kids in the middle seat and, uh, and we're, you know, we're chatting it up and. And then I go, uh, and, and the mother goes, yes, yeah, she's a twin. 
I go, oh, well, where's the twin? And she goes, oh, her sister's up in first class with my husband. And I said, huh, huh. So I said, so how does that twin get to sit up in first class? And I guess more importantly, why does that spouse get to sit in first class? And she goes, yeah, my husband does that. He does? Really? And, and, and how does that sit with you? And, and, and how does that sit with the twin that doesn't get bumped up? I mean, even a three-year-old knows her seat is smaller than her fucking sister's. And so uh, it was very, it was very weird. She, and she goes, well, this one, uh, this daughter has separation anxiety. I'm like, well, your husband clearly doesn't have ang- separation anxiety. He's, he's very relaxed. I walked past him in first class. He's, he's, he's leaning back, drinking a fucking margarita, flirting with the stewardess with warm nuts. He's got warm nuts in his lap, you know, cause they give you that blanket on your lap. Makes your nuts warm. Anyway, this happened to me once. I was flying with Aaron and the kids back from Costa Rica. We went to vacation to Costa Rica. And whatever airline it was, I had a free I had free upgrades. You know, cuz I flew a lot. So so they upgrade me to first class. <laughs> and I kind of sheepishly walk back over to her and I was like, "Hey, honey, craziest thing, um they Upgraded just me. To, and she's like, no, not happening. And so I was like, yeah, that, that's what I thought. So I walk back and I see this guy and he's he's up there and he's very upset that he didn't get first class. And he's dressed pretty nice. And so I go up and I go, hey, buddy, you can have my first class. I said, I, I, I'll, just, I'll just fly back with my family. I made it sound like I was being noble. And so the guy goes, are you serious? I go, yeah. He goes, no, really? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have my first class seat. And so he goes, oh, my God, you have no idea. He goes, I'm in the middle of traveling around the world and blah, blah, blah. So he gets my name and address, which I felt like, all right, this guy flies first class. He wants to send me something. So I get home, and like a week later, we get this giant fucking box from Adidas. And the guy had told me that he was a bigwig at Adidas. So it had jackets, sweatsuits, sweatshirts, hats, a couple pairs of sneakers, like all this Adidas shit that lasted me a while. And, uh, and, and the guy didn't have to know that I was getting a free upgrade. He just, he just thought I was magnanimous. Not like Madonna. Um, what else? So I had some fun in Oregon. Portland's a great comedy town. Helium Comedy Club, one of top top two favorite clubs in the country for me, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Um, great room, great staff. They treat you great. Uh, the crowds are amazing. Everybody thinks, oh, it's so woke in Oregon. First of all, there's no woke inside of a comedy club. If you if people are making a fuss about what's PC in your comedy club. I don't know what fucking city you're in, but I, I'm on the road every week and I, I rarely get somebody yelling because I did a insensitive joke about somebody. So, so shut up. Portland was the wild West. I was doing jokes about abortion. I I was talking about late. I go, well, first of all, you guys have, uh, assisted suicide here in Oregon. And I said, and you also have legal abortion, which, Really just is the ultimate assisted suicide. And I'm expecting moans, cheering, cheering for me. 
And I hadn't written that joke. I, I, I wish I have ADD. And so my joke, my joke writing really consists of, I have a funny thought while driving. I speak it into my notes of my phone. And then before I go on stage, I jot them down on a piece of paper. And then I kind of figure out the joke on stage. There's no discipline. I have no work skills. I was horrible in school and I rely purely on fear. I go in front of a crowd and I set up the joke and then out of the out of the terror of abject silence I come up with something that will fill the silence with laughter. That's just I I mean whatever. A shrink would go back to my childhood. I don't know what but that's how it works for me. And I think it does for a lot of comics. I always say it's like it's like I make an outline of the joke, but I color it in on stage. Uh, and so I think a lot of comics have this kind of mental state. Some guys are writers. Like you look at an Anthony Jeselnik, his shit is crafted. That guy sharp, sharpens some fucking pencils and sits down, turns off his phone and writes. And I love it. But I don't have that skill set. So I record it. And then I listen to the tape the next, what, who cares? What is this, a TED Talk? Did talk, just get, Dave Attell is on the podcast. Why are you talking? Nobody wants to hear you talk. Um, anyway, other stuff I'll talk about later. I'm just realizing that. I need to get to Attell. Uh, my age, oh, by the way, uh, I was supposed to go to Alaska and I, I had announced those dates, but um, I my agent called me. He goes, do you want to do these four nights in different places of Alaska in March. And I thought about it and I called him back and I said, yes. And then he called me last week and he goes, it's canceled. And I realized, oh, oh, I see. There was never a gig in Alaska. He was trying to see how low he can get me. He was trying to find my bottom and he found it. Alaska in March. For not great money. But I thought it, honestly, I thought, I thought it'd be an adventure. I just saw uh, True Detective the last season. It was all on Alaska. And I was kind of like, yeah, let me go check that shit out. So anyway, it's going to be rescheduled. It'll hopefully be in the summer where the sun never sets. And I will take a lot of sleeping pills. I will, however, be at the rec room in Huntington Beach on March 1st. La Jolla Comedy Store, March 8th through the 10th. Hollywood St. Patrick's Day Show, March 16th. Boca Raton, Misner's Park, uh, April 3rd. Tampa at Side Splitters, April 4th through the 6th. And then Mamaronic, New York after that. Go to FitzDog.com. Get yourself some tickets. Come see some live comedy. Also, uh, support for FitzDog Radio comes from Joy Mode. Look, I don't like to talk about sex, except when I'm constantly talking about sex. So this is a good sponsor for me. Uh, some people haven't had sex in a while. Some have it so often they can't rally. Uh, you need some help rallying? Well, think of me as your first base coach, and I'm giving you the signal to go for second and then third and all the way home. Uh, you, can, uh, you can get yourself an erection uh, really well with uh, Joy Mode, and, you can, and it's good for your health. I'll get into that in a moment. But you don't have to get the, you know, there's some really sketchy pills out there. Like people get them at gas stations and stuff. But uh, you, but now you can, there's bad side effects. And, and you know, don't mess with that stuff. And plus, how often are you having sex? You know, just get this. 
do it right. You see, you mix like this concoction of like, you take like six or eight ounces uh, of water, you mix it in, and about 45 minutes later, it's go time. And um, it's just, it's nice to know that it's backed by science. You know, I've got uh, my birthdays coming up. And uh, I think I'm going to have a little joy mode sitting on the, the bedside table. Um, it's, 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 it's like a pre-workout, you know, it, that's what this, that's, that's what the sexual performance booster is. Uh, it supports erection quality, firmness, and sex drive has clinically supported doses of arginine nitrate. I'm not reading these Panax, ginseng, and vitamin C. I don't know what that does, but apparently it's good. Uh, it also supports blood vessel support, cardiovascular and heart health, athletic performance, so you can jog to your next session with your woman, blood pressure, all this stuff. So I'm never going back to prescription drugs after trying Joy Mode. I was never on prescription drugs, but I wouldn't go back. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's small enough. It fits in your wallet. Uh, go to usejoymode.com and get 20% off with code FITSDOG at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping with code FITSDOG. Just use J-O-Y-M-O-D-E.com. Use FITSDOG at that place. And there you go. All right. Uh, My guest is one of my dearest friends in the world. I've known him for 30 years. And he was a guy that I, I consider, I consider today to be the best comedian in the country. I felt that way about him for as long as I've known him. He constantly writes great new shit. And then he also goes on stage and riffs better than anybody I've ever seen. He's a true club comic. Um, he's, he was on SNL. I, he actually used to help me. He, he would ask me to help him write stuff when he was on SNL. I'd meet him in coffee shops late at night and, uh, he'd bounce his stuff. I wouldn't help him write it. He'd bounce his stuff off of me. And I would go, that's fucking better than anything on this show right now. Um, I, he asked me to be the head writer on the gong show when he hosted that and, uh, whatever he's a, he's a dear friend and I just the most generous, decent, good guy. So psyched that he came by and I hope you enjoy it. Here's my talk with the great Dave Attell. Welcome to the podcast. David Tell is my guest. This is his 12th appearance on Fitz Dog Radio. <laughs> Has it been 12? How does that feel? Wow, dude. How far am I away from a free Jamba Juice? <laughs> did you bring your card so I, I can punch it? I've lost my card. Take, take my word for it. Well, thanks for having me on. I guess I'm a series regular, correct? You're a series regular, so your quote just went up to zero. Whoa. Zero. Whoa. I think the only guy that ever paid for a podcast is Ari Shafir. Yes. Remember he used to pay you to come on his podcast? Very, very good. And also, you know, let's face it, Ari's a good man. Yeah. And I was saying it yesterday. He's one of the few people of the tribe, Jews, who yeah. skis. He's a skier. He, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Who does he like? I heard he's got Palestine with the points. Jeez. What? Um, I would say this. First of all, (laughs) you don't have to pay me, okay? (laughs) Catching up like this in a basement of a comedy club is the way to do it. And I love how your color palette matches the room. Does it? Yeah, it's all black. Well, this reminds me when I used to do uh, shout-outs for QAnon. 
<laughs> Don't believe what you read. If you can read. Yeah. Research it. Yeah, yeah. It's a podcast called Research It. Yes. I'll see you on telephone. <laughs> so, Greg, how is everything? This is the rainy season, correct? Oh, my God. Did you catch a pat? It's never Is it real bad. rain or just the tears of all the <laughs> award winners who didn't win? <laughs> I was best. <laughs> that's, why you're, that's why you're supposed to do a red carpet in front of your house, just to absorb all the tears. <laughs> so... Yeah, you got to get out of town before someone asks you to host an award show. Yeah, you I know. That. They can't find anybody. Poor Joe Coy, who I like. I think Joe Coy Joe is funny. Joe is great. Yeah, and uh, I think he got a hard time. He came in at the last minute, and he didn't call me. If he'd called me, yeah, I would have wrote right. him some You're jokes. You're a hired gun, man. I oh, mean, that been give good. me a celebrity. I'll give you a joke. Well, gee, right off the bat like this? Um, you mean like in a host situation? Yeah, like if I was the host of an award show. Okay. A oh, a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what's coming to mind here right now. A Leonardo. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. More like Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know. Maybe right. I wouldn't have come That would have fit right in with his stuff. <laughs> no, I thought he was in a tough spot. And Joe should have just said like, first of all, you know I'm not the first choice. They should, yeah, should have listed all the other people they asked to do and said no. Could have gone on forever. Yeah. It would have been hilarious. Right. Amy Schumer passed. Everybody passes. Oh, by the way, I saw you on Amy's show this no season. Way. I did. You were great. You were typecast as the yes. rabbi. Yeah, exactly. So topical. Yes. Mm. <laughs> They're still talking about it at Columbia University. <laughs> I'm a big hit over at Harvard. I think the hardest thing for you is like you you had to be the rabbi. Who's doing the wedding, but you can't talk for like a lot of it. Yeah. And I just see your face and you're sitting there going like. It's called mm. acting. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not an actor. Are you an actor? I mean, we never really got into this. I went to the Neighborhood Playhouse for two years. Really? Studied acting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, did that lead to, you know. Nothing. Improv classes? Yes. Yeah. Improv <laughs> <laughs> no, I studied. I studied it and uh, I loved the classes. I would go to I'd go to class Monday through Thursday, and mm -hmm. then on the weekends I'd fly out and do stand up. Wow, and, I didn't know uh, any of this. Yeah, and um, but I never, and then I used to get a lot of development deals. I wasn't hard on the eyes when I was in my twenties. You're a good looking 30s. kid. Yeah, that's for sure. So I used to get all these development deals, and then I would have to write the script, and it would always be some guy who like he wrote the uh, candle wax episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the yeah, one yeah. nobody's heard of. Yeah, but he had an overall deal, and then I'd do it with him, and then. Uh, like, uh, it script would always be so bad. I never even got to act. I never got to shoot a pilot. Yeah. But he got paid. He got paid a lot. You know, I'm sorry I was half listening because I was thinking about how good looking you were <laughs> when you were young. You were Boston hot. Like, you yeah. could fight and you could dance. Yeah, that right. That kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Not a mullet, but... Shorter than it should be and longer than it should be. Like, you know, hey, let's get a couple of, what's your lingo there again? Pops or something? What get do you guys a couple say? Of, get a couple of uh, Frosties. Yeah, something like that. And then, uh, you know, whoa, where are you from? Quincy? And, you know, somebody fights and then you dance or something. I don't know. I don't know what goes on it there. It starts as a fight and yeah. then you start dancing. Then you dance. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, do you miss Boston? I remember we ran into each other. It was like zero degrees there. You remember that? That was fun. You were with you were with Louis Katz and yes, I bought Louis, out. Louis, great comic, by the way. Great comic. Special he, on YouTube. He, he's been on the show. He just came on about Boom. a month ago and we promoted the podcast. I love it. He was great. What do you think of this whole YouTube now? 
Jesus, can you think what, gonna are you going to stack up the questions on oh, me? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. It's your show. I, we were that. talking about Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, let's John back to- Tobin, the, the club owner, John Tobin, was yes. there. Yeah. He said it was hanging out with you. He literally said it was the greatest night of his life. He didn't say it that way, though. He said, sweetheart. <laughs> hey, chappie. Uh, da, ba, da. All that pirate talk you guys have. Her. It's not pirate talk. <laughs> Come hey. on, sweetheart. Hey. Hey. Uh, what, what other Where did you say? learn your Boston accent? Um, watching Lenny Clark and all those guys. <laughs> hey, Fitzy, it was the greatest fucking night of my life. Patel was there. He was busting my balls. It was fucking sweet, kid. No one speaks like that there now. No, it's, I know. It's such a different town. Now they're all from Toledo. Toledo, India. I mean, it's such an international city now. I mean, really, it's crazy. Yeah, which is really great when the race, you, know, you it's easier to be a racist when they actually come to your city. I know. In the old days, they lived in a neighborhood, there was no minorities. That would have been a great thing during the busing. Now, yeah. it's too, it too late. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Boston's good. The Wilbur the is Wilbur's a great, great. one. Is you that know? where you work when you're in town? Yeah, but you know, I'm like so small on the Wilbur uh, lineup. You know, yeah. you got to be able to like, like hit them with like 10 weeks of shows, like yeah. straight up. Like you got to sell it out straight like that for them to really, uh, you know, go like, right. hey, well, this is, uh, you know, this is our guy. Yeah, That's think, a great theater though. I think Bill Bird did, I don't know how many oh, nights. Yeah. It was crazy. Bill, like 20 he nights rocks or it out. I did it once and then they were like, yeah, you're not quite there yet. So now uh, I don't I, work I don't know there. what to tell you. Some of these theaters, like I did a theater in Atlanta and I'm not a theater guy, a club guy, Yeah, but I haven't been in Atlanta in so long. So like the theater worked, but uh, great time, great yeah. crowd. We even added a show half full, but, uh, you know, still, it's like any other thing waiting to get paid. You know, I'm like, uh, uh, um, uh, where's that? Uh, oh, we wired it. I'm, I'm like, OK. Oh, you don't get handed a check? I I like that. Usually when I do. do, but when you do theaters, they don't do that. Yeah. I think the handing of the check, though, is over now. Everybody goes like, you know, just put it into like a crypto um, matrix or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, just give it directly to charity. <laughs> What's your charity? You do one for the troops, right? I was I did stuff for the military family. I did uh, a bunch of them, like for uh, the for veterans and their families and the stuff yeah. that they go through. But as of right now, my uh, biggest charity is my mom. Right, I have her in round the clock care, yeah. and uh, my mom has dementia, which is weird because we never knew she played football. <laughs> so sorry. That's one of my bits there. <laughs> well, I don't remember you. <laughs> it's on the Packers. Well, you figure she's bumping into walls. Let's put a helmet on. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. So that is very expensive. Yes. But, you know, the round-the-clock care. And you're a good son. I know that. So, um, you know, as older adults, I was talking this on another podcast, is that, like, you know, this is, this is what we do. And, like, I'm pretty lucky that I'm able to, like, handle this, you know, yeah. like, go on the road and, you know, make some money. But there's a lot of people who are like, had to like basically leave their job and move back home right. to live with it. And it's not as funny as it would be on a sitcom. Right. It's kind of your life yeah. is now your dream is done. And now you're kind of the caregiver of your parents. So, yes. So, and you know, it's not much fun. No. You know, so. No, my mom is showing er very early pre-signs. Like she's like things like she told me the other day that she was going to she was going to send me something on the intercom. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. But no, she's good. I mean, I'm sorry you're going through all that with your mom, but I know you You really are the best son. I mean, you no, go I wouldn't out say there. that. No, you are. You go out and visit her a lot. And I'm all right. Her. Sorry, Valentine's Day, you posted giving her a little teddy bear. Yeah, but you see the look in her eyes? She had that like, kind of crazy glare in her eyes. She's like, I have no idea what, who this guy is. <laughs> but, um, you know, let me just say one thing. Yeah. Okay, first of all, 
You go out on the road, all you're thinking about is what's going on back there. The minute you're back there, you're like, I got to get back out yeah, on that road. Right. So, you know. Well, it's like marriage. Yeah. It's like, I, it is. It's like people say to me, "How I'll be married 25 years this year. Come on. Thank you. Well, you were at the wedding. In this town? Wow. It's not bad. That's but fantastic. But people go, How, what's the secret? And it's like the secret is, Only you know, St. Louis Funny Bone, Thursday to Saturday. Oh, that's right. And yeah. then marriage Sunday to, to Wednesday. Wow. That's why I like those guys that like, you know, they work factory job yeah. you know, for like 20 years and then they're retired. That's yeah. when things get a little, a little crazy. Yes. Yeah. Now they're home all day. Yep. And yeah. also when kids move out, yes. huge divorce rate the year that the kids move out. Mm -hmm. And you realize that like, we don't really have that much to say to each other. But my well, wife, we actually, we literally love hanging out. We joke around, we fucking go out on dates, we... You like know, what's a good date for a, a, a 20 plus year married couple? We go out with like other people from our neighborhood. Like we live in Venice and everybody's kind of friends with each other. Mm -hmm. So we'll just go to a restaurant and, uh, or we go to somebody's house and like uh, everybody brings food over. Oh, that's and nice. We have poker nights. She doesn't play poker, but like I play poker with the guys in the neighborhood. And See, that's the thing. You guys have friends. You know, there's a lot of people who don't have friends, Yeah. you know? And then like when they get older, you're like, look at them, all their friends. I was like, no, they never had friends. Right. But now they're kind of like, bearing the, you know, like the fruit, you right, know, like right. the harvest is there. Yeah. So that's good. It's good that you have a support group for the two of you. Yeah. And and you got, uh, I know you got good friends in New York. I just, uh, I just emailed back and forth with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's Go good ahead, friends with time. Sarah too. Juskow. Yeah. David Juskow. Yeah. He's my longtime friend. I sent him my special to give me notes on it because I consider him like what? a real comedy aficionado. <laughs> no, he gave me good notes. He, he, he was did? so positive. He was like, this oh, yeah, is so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't want somebody to say that. Like, I want hard cuts. Like, I, I want to trim it from, down. From well, Juskow? Yeah. Juskow is a lot of things. You know, he... Uh, can dance, he can sing, he does comedy. Yeah. He also is a teacher now. He has a, uh, he's a professor. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Teaching comedy, right? He, he's, well, he teaches, uh, it's a very interesting thing what he does where he takes a classic movie from the 80s and he brings it today's, to today's, youth, you know, like to the students and yeah. he talks about the times and the movie. So very interesting really? idea. Yeah. Great way to like, I guess you could say teach history in a way, cultural, whatever it that's is. That's amazing. So that's what he does. What school? And what's that? What school? I'm not allowed to say that. Oh, Jesus. He probably <laughs> wants students. No, no, no. But he's, he's doing the best he can. And he also has multiple podcasts and he, yeah. he also runs the seller, comedy seller podcast, I think. Yeah, uh, I've been on comedy many seller times. Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. You've been on many times. Many times. And what does the winner get? To work the seller? <laughs> <laughs> no, the winner gets like, uh, we always do these football pools. He's very into football. Yes. So you have to make your predictions and then somebody wins, like whoever gets the most right wins. That's cool. But you don't like football. No, I'm in his football pool anyhow. I'm kind of like Oh, a, you are. It's like, um, you know, I've been like grandfathered in, uh -huh. you know, from years and years of lending him money. He always puts me in there as a... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I would have taken a look at it. I'm a very big fan of your work. You know that. I would love to send it to you. I didn't want to There's some impose. of your jokes that I still think about all the time, like the fountain material. Oh, we yeah. We talked about that for a yeah, while. right. And, like, every time I come up with a fountain bit, I use yours as the reference of, like, what a good fountain bit is. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you gave me, you've given me a lot of good taglines over the years. Thanks. I had that thing about the— uh, the Redskins, the Washington Redskins. And I, and I said, just imagine like 11 Navajos, 
You know, if they were really Reds, they, they should only draft actual Native yes, Americans. Keep it, yeah. And you said, and they'd have the best defense in the league because they don't want to give up any more territory. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> what have you gotten a groan on lately from a crowd that you didn't expect? Mm, oh, my God. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but my crowd is so good. And I was in San Diego and, like, I couldn't even keep up with them. They were that good. But my 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 crowd on the road and my openers like Louis Katz and Ian Fidance and all these guys that, uh, Ryan Reed, all these guys that have been opening for me. They're always like, man, your crowd is so good. But when I play like the cellar or, you know, New York or LA, that's where the groans seem yeah, to be yeah, happening because yeah. it's not your crowd. Right. And I understand that. Right. We still got to try out these jokes. So, um, I, I, I don't know if, I think the groan now has become replaced by the Wow. Like yeah. one guy in the crowd will just be like, wow, where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, whoa, what is that startup talk? And wow, <laughs> I can't believe we. <laughs> and that's on the premise or that's on the punchline? Usually the punchline. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think. That's a really good question. How about yourself? Any grounds um, out there? Much, what I mean, I are you going for that? Because sometimes, lately. you know, the self-destruction. Yeah. That's the one thing we all have is the self-destruction. I do some abortion jokes. What? There. Yeah. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm trying to think of something about how, you know, it's all these rich Republicans that want to get rid of abortion. Yeah. And meanwhile, like there's going to be a revolution in this country if, at some point because the rich are just getting richer and the, yeah. the poor are getting poor. And you got to think, do you really want the other side to have that many more soldiers? Because oh, the Republicans' so daughters are getting abortions. They can afford to get them. Mm. So I don't know. I think that's a good premise. But that's a good. That's a great start. Yeah. I like that. The political stuff is over. And I know because when I, I like, you know, I showed my special to uh, a bunch of people. Yeah. And like me. COVID and politics, they say, like, are the things that people turn off. Yeah. On. So I looked at my special and I'm like, OK, I got like uh, I'm like, that's not me. I'm not a political guy. You yeah. know, I don't have it's like five minutes in. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Damn yeah. It. Right. Know? Right. But I didn't re-edit. I said, you know, what? I'm going to live with it. You know, yeah. Just like, I mean, the thing is, is like you said, your audience, you've got your audience. Yeah. And they don't give a They're not going to turn it off they're after great. a political joke. Yeah. No, no, they they also like jokes. So like, you know, when I get the openers in there and they start doing their jokes and everything, they know they can push it. Yeah. And I think uh, people really appreciate it. And also I try and use, a, you know, some locals, give them some guest spots, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But as an old man in comedy, you know. Like, uh, I would say that, like, we all have the filter up, you know, at least I do. Yeah. The filter up most of the time. So, you know, there's a lot of great jokes that have gotten away. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Right. So Now, are you are you team team Taylor or team Travis? Um, we're talking about uh, the— uh, Taylor Swift and— yeah, oh, Okay, good. I'm sorry. I, let me adjust Travis my skirt. Kelsey. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm on both teams because, you know, what I was thinking, did I tell you this, is like, you know, Taylor is— is like, I don't know, they're going to study her and her career and whatever for <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. She's a year away from being old enough to be president, you know? Right, right. And, uh, and that would mean that she's <laughs> about 60 years away from actually being president. So, but, but I was like, you know, like she has an amazing life. She's built an amazing, yeah. you know, career. Right. That like in, um, when she was in Tokyo, she was flying back for the Super Bowl. Yeah. That she should, you know, her songs are always about like loss and like these guys, you know, not yeah. good guys. So it's like, and he never called me back. Good night, Tokyo. I'm getting on a private jet and I'm going to the Super Bowl where my boyfriend is playing. <laughs> okay, losers. Go eat some ice cream or whatever you do over here. Bye. Thanks for feeling sorry for me. Yeah. See you in a little while. Gotta go. Don't forget, T-shirts on sale outside. I won't be signing them. I'll well, be on a jet.
That's the now we're finally talking about the one thing you and I connect on merch. Yes. Now it's a dirty word. But yeah. Merch is where it's at. For a while there, I was broke. Yeah. Like in the beginning of the year, I had taxes. My mom, the round the clock care, that's six right. figures, you know, easy. Yeah. And I was like, man, my guy's like, you got no money. And I go, I got this PayPal money. So like we were living off of that. Yeah. Trying to crack it, bring it back out. So do, I was like, you pay taxes you. on the PayPal money? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I noticed that you sell like a lot of bumping mics. I actually had my bumping mics hat yes. on before I left the house. So I went back to the car because I thought <laughs> I bought it, but I bought the wrong hat. That so, would have been great if you had it on now. Would have been a great moment. It would have been nice. Except for what are you rocking there? What is that again? This is, I was doing some dates with uh, Bert Kreischer and we were, in Savannah, the best. we were in Savannah, Georgia. And we went into the uh, like... Whatever arena we were playing, this was the hockey team there. And so they gave us all sweatshirts and t-shirts and hats. Bert is and really cool. You got to bring an extra bag when you go on tour with Bert because you come Bert up with takes, so much shit. Yeah, it yeah. is like, uh, honestly, for me, like uh, I was just talking with Bert. It's like Bert is good to everybody. Yes. That's the thing. Like usually like, you know, like in the comedy world, like once you make it and let's face it, Bert is uh, a star now. Yeah. You know, he is a star, but he still loves Doing the just like the the comedy and being with the comics, usually people yeah. Are like, yeah, well now I'm this guy and I don't need no, he loves it and right. he's a great hang. Yeah. And he's funny. And I was with Tom Segura, also another great guy. Right, right. And um, you know, to be honest, I, I would say that like that Burt tour, I think the deserves more attention, you know? I would say it's Taylor, Beyonce, Burt. In terms of, <laughs> I think. Well, I think he's the highest grossing comic on the road. He right? should be. Well, That's a fun tour, man. It's not just that he's selling out arenas; it's that he's doing it two hundred and fifty nights a year. Yeah, he doesn't stop. Dude. He doesn't stop. And I'm telling him, like, man, you gotta, like, you know, like, I don't know what, I don't know what relaxing is for a guy like you, but you gotta yeah. do that. Right. I mean, well, he brings a trainer on the road with him, which is funny because I was on the road with him for a week, mm -hmm. and this trainer was there, and she used to be Tom Cruise's trainer. Oh, really? And she's great. She's very cool. I can't remember her name right now, but like. We worked out once for like 40 minutes in the whole week, but she's there seven yeah. days a week, 24 hours a just day, just waiting. waiting. Yeah, <laughs> waiting. That's, uh, Bert and Tom both lost, uh, they lost some weight. So yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. But you've always like, what is the secret? Is it a diet thing? What, what is mean? it? My You're body? always thin. Yeah. yeah. I'm thin, but I, I'm just hyper. Like I'm always bouncing my leg and I kind of eat whatever I want. Is that what I you want. think it is? The bouncing no, of the I leg? No, I work new? out. I That's work all out you leg. need now for your own diet. Yeah. Bounce a leg. Yeah. Take some Adderall, <laughs> bounce a leg. No, I uh, I go to the gym like four days a week. Wow. Well, you, wor you work out too, right? Mm -hmm. I remember seeing you like at Union Square Park with a kettlebell once or something. Yeah, those, that's when that was... Uh, that's what helped me get a good shoulder operation. I, I think now me <laughs> not knowing what I'm doing with a kettlebell. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have a trainer? No, I had a trainer for a while, but then yeah. like, I would just like, you know, like you're like, I'm going to watch TV and work out. This yeah. is a good, and I think all of those sessions of what like, you know, my, my shoulder just like blew up. It was just bad. So yeah. I got that operation. Now I'm back out there. And, uh, you Did know. they give you opiates for your, for the pain? Yeah. They, I was telling them, I was telling some other guys, I was like, they have this pain patch that they put on your shoulder. You like, you, it, it block, it's a blocker. So for yeah. like 12 hours, you don't feel the surgery. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. Then they pull it off and it's like incredibly pain. So I was wow. like, I wanted to put it like right on my head. <laughs> Just like, what would that do? Yeah, but I got shoulder surgery and they gave me opiates. This is back when opiates were easy to get. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and I didn't really know how bad, I always enjoyed taking like, a, you know, codeine or whatever. 
But I had one day, my my uh, physical therapist was writing me a prescription, my general practitioner and my surgeon. So I had three different prescriptions. I was taking like five or six a day for of, like of six opiates? months. Yeah. Wow. Hydrocodone, I, I, Oxycontin, all this shit. When was this? This was like seven, eight years ago. And I got to the point where, and I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. Say it. If I went to like a dinner party. Yeah. And I was taking a piss. I would look in the medicine cabinet. I'm going to de-hat for that. There you go. Now do rag. Hey, Dave you look here. like a Wayne now. That ain't right. <laughs> I'm back. It's David, <laughs> David Wayne. <laughs> wow. that's So how did you get off it? Did you have to go to, into a program? I just went off it and- Cold turkey. Cold turkey. And honestly, I was suicidal for two days. I was literally wow. suicidal. That's how dark it was. When because it, the problem is when you take opiates, it you have uh, endorphin receptors. Yeah. Endorphins are one of those things that makes you, one of those chemicals that makes you feel good. Okay. And uh, get, those get clogged up by the opiates. So when you go off of them, it can't receive the, the endorphins. All right. So you don't feel any happiness at all for right. a couple of days. And then when you don't get, when you don't take the medicine, then you just feel the withdrawal, like hitting you and everything. Yes. Like that. Yes. That's tough. You sweated it out though. Yeah. That You see a lot of that on the street, by the way. I think a lot of the issues with these people, yeah. you know, doing crazy stuff is right. that, which is withdrawal. Yeah. And also, um, you know, I think also I'm not a pot guy and I never really was one, but I think there's like a stronger strain of weed out there too. Oh, that for is, sure. is like definitely uh, getting these people like to a level of like, you know, just nuts. So. Yeah, it makes you really antisocial and agoraphobic. Like a lot of kids now, teenagers are smoking this weed. And, you know, I smoke once in a while. I take one hit. I'm good. I'm fucking yeah. high. And then teenagers are smoking whole joints. And then they just sit in the room and they get on Instagram. And like, I don't know wow. if you get stuck on TikTok ever, but like, no, I don't. it's so addictive. Yeah, and no, I've seen it. There. I can see how it is. And you add pot to that and kids are just not doing anything anymore. And is the weed like, uh, does it make you hungry or like, what does it do? Uh, it doesn't make me hungry, but it makes me like, I don't like doing it with people. Like sometimes I'll have like an edible if I'm on the road and it's like a Friday night and I'm fucking depressed. I'll just like after the late show, I'll take an edible, but I don't like to be around people once I do it. Well, well, that's good. Yeah. I can't talk. Man. Well, you know, Hey, whatever gets you through the weekend. Cause they are long and, um, you know, I sleep is important. How's your sleep? Sleep is good, uh, but I take every night I take a sleeping pill, which I think is bad. Mm, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Does it work or now are you building a tolerance? It works. I used to take Ambien and I would try to sleep fuck. Like I would wake up, not wake up, and I would start dry humping my wife and she'd have to push me off of her. Wow. And uh, maybe she's the one who, uh, what's her call? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe you guys need like separate rooms or something. <laughs> I'll be in the ambient room. Yeah, I'm jealous of these people who are great sleepers because I never yeah. was. But now as an old man with an old man prostate, I have to get up pretty much uh, every 90 minutes, you know, no. to go to the bathroom. Really? And then my teeth, you know, like uh, bone loss. So I just had a root canal, but I think we root canaled the wrong tooth. Oh, shit. Which is really bad. And they're expensive, Jesus. these root canals, you know. Do you have coverage for that? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the... Um, uh, I don't know. Do What's the strike every... about that too? <laughs> <laughs> you get up every 90 minutes? It feels minutes? like it. 
It feels Jesus. like I'm getting up and I have to go to the bathroom. Can you get back to sleep after that? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing there sometimes. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm asleep. Like, I feel like I'm dreaming, but it's really just probably thinking, yeah. you know? And then driving is another problem. Like, my eye, like I've never needed glasses. Now I need them pretty much to drive. But it's like, when I go see my mom, there's so much traffic on Long Island that, like, I'm like, I'm going to, like, wet my pants by the time I get there. Yeah. So I'll fit right in. You know, everybody there has wet their pants. <laughs> but yeah, it's sad, you know, like yeah. just like those little things, you know, like, and yeah. I'm like, this is still the good times. Right. Imagine in 10 I know. years. You know? I know we're at that age where all of our parents or not all of them, but a lot of them are like in your mom's situation where they, yeah. they require a lot of energy and care. And uh, I feel bad because like. My mom lives in Florida. Like, I'm flying down next week to just spend, like, five days with her. But, yeah. you know, my sister gets the brunt of it because my mom goes to New York for, like, three months a year in the summer. Mm -hmm. And my 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 sister's husband is a construction guy, so he built, like, a really nice apartment downstairs That's in the house. That's the best. But it's, like, really on her, then, because she gets all of her medical stuff done in New York. That's my and, sister, too. She's the primary care. Yeah. She's an angel. Yeah. I mean, it is so stressful. It's another job. Right. My sister's a teacher. She has a job. This right. is, like, another job. Right. So, you know, like, I really, like, we couldn't do it without her. How far does she live from her? She lives in Connecticut. Yeah. So, you know, I bought a house for my mom on Long Island and kind of, like, in the same place where we grew up. But, you know, it's just difficult, like, because traffic is terrible there. Yeah, Connecticut. You know, it's a Long Island is brutal. And like, it's one thing to be in traffic to go to a fun thing. But when you yeah, go into a sad thing, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not like we get out and there's like rides or anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, my mom listens to this podcast sometimes. So I have to uh, be careful what I say. Well, yeah. Um, does she call herself Mrs. Fitzsimmons or no? <laughs> <laughs> you got a great son here. <laughs> You should bring her on the podcast. What do you think? I did once. Yeah? Yeah, she was great. She was liked, that like a holiday episode? <laughs> uh, I think we were talking about it was my dad's 30th anniversary of his death. Wow. And so we brought him on. We brought her on and we told funny stories. There was a lot of funny stories about my dad. He was like, you would have loved him. He was a real New Yorker. Like, he grew up in the Bronx yeah. and like six foot one. Big drinker, life of the party. And a, and a professional broadcaster before yeah. there was all this where everybody could do it. Right, no right, offense. Right. No, no I, offense I, I, at all. It's like I went into the family business, but like I, the business is failing. And uh, <laughs> so he used to like, we would walk into bars and restaurants and like everybody would be like, hey, Fitz. We'd go to like Mets games. Hey, Fitz, you know? Wow. And it was kind of, it was kind of exciting, but like he really knew how to handle it. Like he really was good. He'd shake everybody's hand and That's take, cool. yeah, take pictures. You know, there wasn't selfies then. Them, but like, you know, people would take pictures and, uh, and he made like, uh, enough money. Like people today have to make like a half a million dollars to live the kind of life that yeah. we lived. Like he didn't make that much, but like we lived a really good life. Oh yeah. No, you, you need money to actually just get through. Yeah. Like, that's the way I see it. Right. You know, otherwise, otherwise everything is like a really life or death decision. Right. You know, like I make so many bad choices and like during uh, the pandemic, I bought so many things that like I didn't need. I yeah. was like trying to build things and like, right. you know, I had ideas and everything and all that stuff's garbage. But I'm like, if I was really like, you know, like living check to check, like I would be like, man, none of this could have happened. I couldn't yeah. have done any of that. Right. You know? What did you try to build? I'm always trying to work on another kind of project or something like that. That, uh -huh. but, um, I would say that the one skill set I wish I had was like, I wish it was good with my hands. Like I yeah. was able to build things. Yeah. Like I never like, you know, like didn't really come from a family of that. Like we were always like not tool people. Right. Like we had tools, but no one really knew how to use them. Right, right. So I wish I had like all those skill sets. And I, and I also think that, um, you know. Did you and your dad ever build anything? Um, like a go-kart or something? Like built a drinking problem. <laughs> no, uh, he, 
my, my dad wasn't that kind of guy. My dad was retail, you know, yeah. he liked, liked to work and yeah. like, you know, he was really cool that way. And my dad also like over, um, let's see, he died in 99. So like, it's been a while, but when I go back to his grave and everything like that, you know, there still is like uh, just a sadness because like, I can't tell him anything has happened. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking uh, I might do uh, DC again. Uh, you know, it's like nothing big I can tell him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, I don't know, man, but it's, it's uh, in this, in this kind of that like- That is hard because like when you, most people when they get older, I think one of the, one of the great things is like having your father watch you kind of go through the things that he went through. Right. And being able to like talk to him about it, get advice. Like the only advice I got was like, you know, how to get started in a career. Right. And then he died before I really had a career. Yeah, that's the sad of it. He didn't get to see you like, yeah. you know. My parents, saw, you know, um, they both saw me since my mom was, you know, wouldn't remember, but they saw me do a late night TV show yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know, they knew I was professional, but every time I would fail, they'd be like, well, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Right. But, uh, you know, I would say that like, um, you know, all parents want the best for their kids. I, I don't know these parents that put all this pressure on them to be a certain thing. Yeah. When like, that's kind of ridiculous. You don't know, like no one's ever, no one ever really like knows their kid like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I want him to be a doctor. I want right, him to be a lawyer. Right. Or anything like that. And I don't think people even want them to do that anymore. I think they want them to do, you know, like tech or something, you know? No, I said to my kids, look, your 20s is exploring. Try a bunch sure. of different shit. I told you my son's traveling and my daughter is like trying some PA work now on a film, seeing if she Does likes Does that scare you that they might want to go into the business? As long as they have like a specific thing that they want to go after. Like if she said, I want to do hair and makeup, fucking great. Yeah, that's there's, a skill. There's a union, there's a skill, you mm -hmm. know, you get to know people and they like you and they bring you in. Um, but if they just say in general, I want to... I want to be famous. That's a huge red flag. That yeah, because like the there's so many people that just want fame. They don't care what the skill set is. True. And so it's all about social media, and you know, and then I don't know, and then it can fade. Like you can that kind of fame goes away the second you stop feeding it. Right. Well, there's also these these influencers and stuff like that who actually develop followings, you know, whether it's fashion or food or something like that. And then they try and go like, um, you know, like real world, like where they're like, uh, I'm going to start a, a fashion line. I'm going to do all these different things. And they don't have that skill set of right. like uh, being a CEO of a company or right. anything like that. And that's where like it goes wrong and they go public and like it all falls apart. But that's probably just one or two. I'm sure there's some that make it. Any business is like a crapshoot anyhow. But I was like, you know, that's pretty cool that they they had that vision and they were able to like game it to like super success. But for regular kids, you know, I'd be like, I agree what you say, like find out what you want to do in your twenties and all kinds yeah. of stuff, but also be, keep your eyes open to like opportunities. Like right. we kind of live in the world where it's like, I didn't know that was going to be a big deal. And this thing, oh, I no, had no that's, idea. That's the thing that I was told by people when my kids were young is like, whatever job your kid ends up doing in the future probably doesn't exist right now. And so wow. you can't really go to college to study for something. It's a moving target. You don't know what you're studying for. Yeah. And, and for the most part, if you're studying uh, fucking marketing, you're learning from somebody who used to do it. Right. They don't know what's coming in the future. 
You're True. learning the old version of anything that you're studying. Oh, wow. I never even thought of that. Except for David Juskow. He, I think he's got his finger on what's happening. He really next. is. Yes. He's yeah. a futurist. So that's so is that a is that a green light for college or is a yellow light of like maybe don't go? I think big yellow light right now. Really? My, my son graduated in the spring. My daughter started and now she's taking a little she took this semester off. And you're happy with that? Yes, absolutely. Because she doesn't know what she wants, and she doesn't okay. know what she wants to study. So it's like, look, we we've been saving our whole lives, and we have enough money to put them through college. Right. And I don't care about the money, but like, this is a big opportunity for you to go. Like, let me go out in the world, experience some things, get excited about something, and then go to school to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's a teacher. You know, whatever. Like she she thought she wanted to be a preschool teacher, and so she started doing that, <laughs> and then she found out how much they get paid. She's like, oh, it's. It's like literally the lowest paying My job in the country. My sister's a teacher. It's the most unappreciated uh, yeah. profession out there. But I would say this is that, um, you know, uh, with these kids, they go to college, you know, a lot of it is just to get out of their house. But the majority of them, like, don't really have the same issues we have with our parents. Like, they, they don't mind, like, living off parents right. for a while. You right, know? right. So I, I think it's cool. Like, uh, I know that, like... Um, you know, my niece went to an Ivy League school. Like, she's really? super, like, smart wow. and everything like that. And, like, uh, you know, my brother, like, she took a gap year. And he was like, cool, I don't have to, you know, pay that money for yeah, that year. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, like, these people, like, they they belong. Like, you know, it, it seems to fit, you know. But, like, if I wanted to take a year off when I was going to college, my parents would have been, like, disowned. They would have been, like, no, you finish. You know, and I hated college. So I was like, yeah. I'm just finishing for you. This is not for me at all now. You, you know? know, when I finished high school, my grades were so fucking bad. I had all D's. Yeah. And I hated school. I have like a learning disability. And so um, so after high school, I said, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to travel for a year. So I worked two jobs for like six months. And then I backpacked through Europe for six months by wow. myself. Yeah. And while I was gone, my father goes, hey, congratulations. I said, what? He goes, you got into Boston University. I go, wow. I go, I didn't apply to Boston University. He goes, congratulations. They applied for you. He huh? filled it out. He filled out the essay and like, cause I would write him like letters from, from Europe. And mm -hmm. so he took like my stories and my adventures that I was writing him and he put it into an essay wow. and he sent it in. And I, so that fall I went and I, turns out I fucking loved it. Like oh, it, cool. it was a really good, good experience, but I needed that year. Yeah, because I I wasn't ready to go, and then and then I sort of realized that life is kind of tough. Like working jobs is hard, mm -hmm. and uh, and I just felt I felt like you know there was things I was curious about. Like I actually enjoyed learning in college. I feel like I've done more learning now than I've ever done in my life, and that I always was curious about stuff. I like history and all that kind of stuff. So now it's really at your fingertips, you yeah. know, like you could just go online, you know, there's great documentaries out there. There's like, you know, interesting books, you know, like, uh, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things that like absorb a lot of my time that are just really like learning. And, and unfortunately I'm at the age now where I can't remember any of it. Right. Like I really wish, like, I know. you know, like if anything, I wish I had like a hard drive that I could put all this info in. I could just yep. do it into my head when yep. I want to talk about it. Cause like, I love like taking like a real thing on stage and then like trying to like find the funny in it, yeah. you know? And like, um, you know, it's just like some of the stuff is so fascinating that was 
way above and beyond anything I ever learned in a like setting, you right. know, and that was just because I wanted to learn it, you know, and they give you just, just enough of what you need. And now there's so much cultural and political, yeah. you know, like shade on all of these yeah. uh, programs. So it's good to just like, as an adult, there is something to about like um, night school or continuing education. Yeah. Like when you get older, like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do this forever, but it would be cool to like, Hey, get a degree in like, um, what did you say earlier? Marketing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I think that there's a, uh, um, most people like their kids have ADHD, which I think is. Do you think most of them do? Well, I think that they identify as that because the world is so. Yeah. It's like there's so many things coming at you. I just think it's hard to concentrate. So I think people feel like they have ADHD. But I think that the the key to teaching a kid with ADHD is you have to do exactly what you just said. What are you interested in? Go after that. Go find out about that. Watch documentaries, read books, fucking, right. you know, whatever. And uh, and that's the only way people with ADHD can absorb information. They can't, when it comes at them and it's not what they're interested in, it just doesn't come in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So even like when they're little, right, you should expose them to more like- Choices. Choices. Yes. Okay. And like, I remember like, you know, there was two types of parents, the parents who took their kids for a pony ride and the parents who just didn't think that was important. <laughs> and I was always like, here's a picture of me and a pony. I'm like, you have pretty good parents. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I know it's like Nick Kroll is always posting like thousands of pictures of his childhood, like him oh, really? playing tennis, him in Paris. I'm just like, I think there's literally three pictures of me as a child. Wow. And well, he lived, a, he lived in an exceptional life. Yes, you know, yes. But still, his parents cared. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of rich people who don't care about their kids. True. That's true. You know, the butler teaches them how to, you know, yeah. do things and stuff like that. We all saw that TV show. Yeah, like, I don't Mr. know if that Gold. really happens. <laughs> Mr. Even, Gould. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, but hey- you can do you can do only so much, you yeah. know. That's really what it is, and it's also like permission to fail is is. Uh, pretty I think good. that's huge. Yeah, and yeah. I come from a um, long line of failure, so <laughs> a lot everybody, of learning. Everybody was always learning. like, you know, get back out there. You know, that's all we can do. A lot no, of, you know, I think suck that's it huge. Up, get out there. Let your kid fail because that's where the learning happens. You don't you don't learn when you, when things go well. Well, just, I think that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, and like uh, you know, you're in the rough and tumble world. Let's face it, it's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, comedy's competitive. Right. And then the podcasting, you know, honestly, it seems like every year there's more. Yeah. More like, when do you think we'll have enough podcasters? Like, are we close? I think never <laughs> enough. Because every time somebody new comes into it, like uh, Phil Rosenthal just had me on his podcast. Nice. And I said, great. Here's a guy who has like a huge Twitter following. Yeah. And he's going to announce that he's got a new podcast. And there's going to be some people that have never heard a podcast. Mm -hmm. And they're going to they're going to go to, you know, whatever, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And they're going to start listening. And then they're going to go, oh, hey, here's Greg Fitzsimmons. He was just on. He's got a podcast. Nice. I think all boats kind of rise with the tide. Okay, that's cool. Because there's like a tree. There's connecting branches. Yeah, I think so. People. I mean, I wish I'd taken it more seriously because, as I you know, you I'm very been, serious. Not enough. I didn't do. I don't do social media. Really? What? Yeah, not enough. You mean in the earlier days? All along. Or All along. even now. Because I really, I honestly believe that my guests are as good as any other podcast guests, and I think I'm pretty good at, at this. But You're really I, good. But I, thank you. But I never pushed it. And so I've been doing it for as long as anybody, but it's sort of not at that level that other guys are Do you are think at. it's guests, the guests that will make it, or is it the host? 
I'd say it's 70% host, 30%. I think it used to be 90% host. Yeah. And now that there's so many ones to choose from, I think that people start looking for, oh, look, uh, Will Farrell is on this. I'll listen to this one. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, we know this is a professional thing. I mean, you have your logo right That's up right. there. That's right. Not everybody does that. No. Nope. Even a Phil Rosenthal, who is a great guy. Yeah. A visionary, actually, in in, in stand-up. I mean, in, in situation comedies yeah. and, and movies and stuff You're like that. Right. I, I bet you he's not even there yet. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. Let's feel it out. Let me talk to Ray. <laughs> I don't know which wing of my mansion I should turn into the podcast thing yet. Oh, my I God. I have a personal pizza <laughs> oven here. <laughs> should we do it in the screening room? When did well, that become the go-to thing in Hollywood? I have a pizza oven. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's always rich people that then want to do poor stuff. Which would you rather have, a pizza now. oven or a sauna? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever do ever do Raymond? Yeah, I was on it. You and were? Ray was like one of the, there's like five or six people that were always very good to me. And Ray Romano is definitely a great guy. And it's amazing how they took his his act, which was really about his life, and turned it into a hit, uh, a mega hit TV show. Phil, of course, was a part of that. But Ray, you know, you couldn't have done it with any guy but Ray. And then now that Ray is like a serious actor, I mean, he's like a great actor. Yeah, so right. that's pretty amazing. Usually it after is. the sitcom, you know, it's like game show. And then, right. you know, um, I, uh, I'm i a charity guy. And then right. it's, you know, just all about like selling, um, you know, like uh, supplements on the web, you know. <laughs> but this guy went just even higher. So yeah. good for Ray. And he, he deserves it. Well, Ray thinks hard about his decisions. I think he really, I think Rory Rosegarden, his manager, uh, always helped him, I think, make yeah. the right decisions and not get into stupid stuff. And nice. so he's just got a great reputation. And yeah. he's a great comic, too. I used to watch him when I was a young comic. Yeah. And it was just like, look how clean he is, but yet so funny. Yeah. And uh, at the cellar, he is definitely the gold standard. They love him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he did a special there. He's right. done a bunch of stuff. And, you know, um, I, I, I think it people don't get, like, how, like, when these really big celebrity people do specials, like, they have, like, a lot of stuff going going on. So yeah. they really have to like take the time to like make, it's not like, you know, just sitting around like, Hey, I'm just going to work on, I mean, like they have like schedules and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Like I have a small window. Right. No, so. it's amazing when I see people do good specials that, that I know are like Adam Sandler is Another really guy. fucking funny. Like he's, yeah. he's doing stand up now and he's touring and like killing. He must love it too. It must be so freeing, like just to be back out there. Again. Yeah. I think he loves it and he loves like bringing his guys. Like mm -hmm. he, he'll, he'll bring like Spade and, um, yeah, all uh, of them. Schneider and all those guys, Kevin James. I mean, guys that are going up and killing. And yeah. then he closes out the show every night. Yeah, no, Adam, always funny. Just just, just like uh, funny. And the movies, like I'm, whenever I'm on the road, like there's always like you put on something. It's one of his movies. I'm always like, I got to I gotta watch this yeah, scene. Yeah. I love the scene. Right. You know? There's always the cool kids that, that shit on Adam Sandler. And it's like. Who's that? Yeah, all the kind of alt oh, comics I get it, and no. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, at this point, uh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, happy doing what I'm doing. I want to keep doing it. And, and anybody uh, that's been doing it as long as me, you're I've been in, doing it longer than you. Yeah. Have you? I'll be coming up on, I want to do it in another three years. Then I'm at 40, 40 years Damn. of comedy, which if you put that into like a civil service job, <laughs> I would either be a rear admiral by now or a, um, 
you know, head post, like I, I'd be head of a post office, like of an actual post office. So, you know, that would be like one of those things like, you know, junior transportation commissioner, you know, like yeah. one of those kind of things. So plus think of the chancellor pension. of a school, I could be yeah. chair of a district, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, it's been a lot of, a lot of ups and downs, but all the way through, you know, it's like, uh, it, it is, uh, it's a, it's a click, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I clicked with it. So what's I'm, the, what's I'm the, into it. It's just like, I hope I can physically and, um, you know, like, and I hope the, the crowd's there for me, you know, like, cause it's one thing to say, I'm going to tour forever. It's another to like, you know, is there a crowd that wants to see it? Yeah. Your you know? crowd's not going anywhere. I you, think somebody will see it just for the, uh, like ghoulish yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no. This guy's going to go down on this show. I want to be the guys at the last show. Right. <laughs> what's the, uh, yeah. what's the lowest point? You said you had your downs. What was the lowest point in your career? I would say that, you know, like there's a lot of lows, but the constant low that I think we all come across is just um, not why we're doing it. Because you could always say I do it because of the money. Yeah. Because I have so many bills or I do it because I don't know anything else to do. Yeah. But it's really the what am I doing? Like, why am I never getting better at this? Like uh -huh. writing these jokes and like, like now I just did an hour. So now I put that out on a special. So now it's like the redoing of an hour is, uh -huh. is, is people like it's get, it doesn't ever get easier. And like, there's some guys that are now like almost like Zen masters, like Sam Morrell, Mark Norman, these guys turning out again, they're turning hours. Yeah. Jim, of course, another guy, but when you do like short jokes and stuff like that, it's a whole different yeah, ballgame. It's not like yeah, a bunch of stories right. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, forgive me in advance of people looking at it. They're like, you know, Hey, you know, this is like short the way I wanted it, which is 37 minutes. Cause I think no one wants to watch an hour Yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff in it. And I'm like, you know, that's the way I see it. And, um, you know, I know now we live in the world where like TikTok, crowd work, all these different things, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's always these jokes. So I'd say my low, low point is just like when I'm, you know, when it's a couple of days and then it becomes a couple of weeks, then it becomes a couple of months where I'm really not coming up with anything. Yeah. And like, it really sucks. It's not like, you know, like you're a painter and like, you're just staring at the thing. It's like, there's a crowd right there. Yeah, you know? so. right. That's interesting. That's a good analogy. Yeah. When you're a painter, you can just hold, you can go out to the Hamptons for three months and stare right. at the ocean. Yeah. Take your shoes off, put them in the water. Something yeah. will hit you. Yeah. <laughs> There's something. Do very we need another lighthouse? I guess we do. <laughs> another lighthouse painting, please. How many seagulls? Six yeah. or seven. Mm. <laughs> I watched that documentary on the guy Hopper. Do you know him? Yeah. He has that classic painting of the diner and everything like that. Yeah. Then he has one of a woman looking out on a windy day. And it connects with people because they're all like, Look at the loneliness. Who is she waiting for? Will yeah. he ever come? Yeah. Is this an something love? You yeah. know, is it a broken heart? And then it turns out he was on the spectrum. He's like, you know, sometimes it's just a woman looking out a window. Yeah. And I'm like, Dylan was like that too. It's just like, stop yeah. reading into my yeah, stuff. Right, right, right. Sometimes it's just exactly what you see. Right, right. So, you know, but it's funny how people you know, subjectively put different things on it. But right. back to the material, right? You're, you do the good fight. You go out through these shows. Yeah. You know, you're trying to work the material. Not everybody does that. Yeah. And it's harder when you have a family. So, well, I just put out, well, I'm about to put out a special and nice. now, now I'm working on the new stuff and I'm finding that like, uh, I want to, it. it's like you said, like, what am I doing? Like, what, what do I want to do different? Because I don't want to just do this. Like I edited my special and just watching these bits, you start to fucking hate them and you start to hate oh, yeah. yourself. And then you go, well, what am I going to do different this time so I'm not hating myself when I'm editing it next time, you know? That's the worst part of it because, like, listening to the tapes, I always thought was the real job of comedy. Like, yeah. you have to hear yourself and, like, all the horrible stuff you're doing. But then when you're doing this special, then you realize, like— 
mm, this is, yeah, this is not good. No. You know? Like, mm, I don't like this, you know? I know. And then as an adult, I said, this time I'm just going to like deal with it and like make make choices and not ruminate over it. Yeah. You know, going like, you know, should I reshoot? You know, I'll get it right the next time. And I know I wouldn't. So I'm like, that's what it is. Uh, Money-wise, that factored into it, which is like I spent... 150k making something. Yeah, I really don't have that money to throw at it again. Right. So you know, I got to live with it now. So hopefully, people will like it. I know? shot mine and then I I started editing it and then I flushed it and I redid it again. That's great. Because yeah. th- do you feel better that you did the right thing? Yeah. Good. So I I also wish that like I could redo and redo and redo because the problem with especially the way I do stand up is that. I get that um, a lot of wax out of jokes. Yeah. Like, I, by the beginning of the week to the end of the week, I can change it like five times. Right, so, right. You know, that's being spoiled, actually. Yeah. You know, you can't do that in music. You can't yeah. do that in other things. So, Do you ever talk to the like, crowd? Louis yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever not talk to the crowd? <laughs> do you ever like get, get feedback from Louis Katz or anything? Oh, yeah. No, G- Louis, I have to say, is a funny guy and he really does the work. No one works on material harder than him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a joke guy, too. So we really, we, we really talk it up on the jokes and his special was like, you know, he also self-produced and how much work that is. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping big things because he's a headliner and, uh, his material, like he's also in the same process of like changing an hour. So like, I mean, turning in the hour. So, you know, like, it's great to have a guy like that, like right around because like we, we both love jokes. So that kind of thing. Besides Louie, who, cause I haven't been in New York in a long time. Who, who are the people that people don't know about? That, that maybe they should. Well, I tour with Ian Fidance a lot. Yeah, who's another he's great. fun guy. I love yeah, really energy, funny. like just a fun, fun guy. And he also uh, has a podcast and, um, you know, he, he's he's uh, like does acting and everything. So he's like the full tilt, yeah. you know, the whole package. But uh, there's a whole bunch of really new people there that like, um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but like I'm so old and I go on so late that I don't get to see most of them. Right. You know, and uh, I did an early show at the cellar, which was like I had to like get up the next morning. So I did an early one. And I and it was kind of like coming back home because it was like all the yeah. guys I like Norton was there, Jim Norton uh-huh. and Rogel. People I hadn't seen in a long time right. because I go on at midnight or yeah. 1 a.m. So I never see these guys. These guys do the early bird. Right, you know, they right. do the early show. And I go, that's where I'm headed to, like, is these early shows, you know. Have you seen this kid? I just saw him in L.A. for the first time. Marcello something. He's yes. he's on SNL now. And he, I think it's his first year on SNL. I think so. But he's he's a good stand-up. Yeah, well, that's cool because once you get that credit, man, you could really start touring. Yeah, so I hope, yeah. you know, if that's what he's planning on doing. But, right. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other opportunities besides just touring, you know? Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He's super confident. Um, so he's— And where, is he from L.A. or is he from New York? No, he grew up in Miami. Oh, but his, okay. his parents are—one's uh, from Cuba and one's from the Dominican Republic, I think. Nice. So he's got kind of an interesting life. And, like, I think he grew up kind of hard scrabble in Miami, so he's got, like, kind of a, like, confident, tough attitude. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of new people. And, you know, I really just— uh, want to see if I can follow them sometimes, you know, like there's some guys that are, you know, some people are just crushing there. And I'm like, it would be, it would be really good if I could follow them, but without doing like, you know, my heavy hitting jokes, like see if I can just kind of ride, ride through it. And like, it always turns into like where I start, you know, like having to bring in like better material or yelling at the crowd or something like that. But still like, I guess, I don't know if that's ego, but I think it's also humbling to like actually follow people and like not do that well, you know? No, but it's but it is tough when you're pulling out all the greatest hits and like you're dry, you're walking home that night with like fifty bucks in your pocket, going like I just did 
material that I already know how to do. I yeah, got nothing out waste. of that. It's yeah. a waste. Yeah. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's what it is. You know, it's just like where you're like, uh, you know, if anything, that's supposed to like energize you for the next time of like, I better have something new up there right. you know, for the next one. So, And then you hang around after the show and, you know, it's always like people coming out of the cellar and it's always like the same three questions. Like, how's Artie? It's yeah. like I've been tired of being asked how Artie is, you know? Artie's doing, uh, you know, let's face it, there's no one like Artie. I was just talking about Artie and like- uh, Greatest I storyteller. I, I think he's the greatest storyteller. I also think, no offense, he is probably one of the best- broadcasters yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, right. you know, just he's great on the mic and he's also a great guy. So it'll be great to see more of him having yeah. back out on the scene. Has you know? he been around? Uh, not really. No. You know, he's like always, always, um, you know, like, I guess, you know, trying to get out there, but it will be great to see him. I always invite him to like all these different shows and stuff yeah. like that. So maybe this year will be the year he comes back out. And right. The fans, of course, you know, let's face it, not only are we getting older, so are the fans. So it's yeah. only a matter of time to like, you know, People can't get there, you know, so let's. Well, that's why they say you want the young audience because like they don't have kids. They can actually yeah. go out at night. But they're um, a little too to sensitive. Out. The yeah. older people are like just glad to be out of the house. So, yeah. You, know. you got to find that sweet spot like that. Like those guys that are in their 30s that are kind of sick of being told they can't say that. I mean, a lot of comedians today are making a meal out of saying what these people can't say at work. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? And they can lean on that a little too much sometimes. Like, you know, it's okay if your joke crosses lines, but like mm -hmm. this should be a reason why you're doing the joke besides you're trying to appeal to these people that feel like pent up. Stifled. This whole, yeah. But I noticed that they usually bring that culture into the club, which is that you're not allowed to laugh at that. They look around, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So getting them to lower this thing. And then there's the other people that like, you know, um, really like it that way. Right. I think that there's people that like, you know, we don't, we don't really uh, want to recognize this. There's a lot of people that really do like non-threatening, you know, like things or right. like want things to be only nice and kind yeah. and not like edgy and dark. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's those people and like, you know, we all think that like it's one person who's on the web all the time. No, there's uh, there's millions of them out. Yeah, there. and it's like the pushback culture against them. You know, it took it took a while. It's not like it was just like one guy. Hey, you know, f you. I'm gonna like put. It took like a, almost a movement. You yeah. know, to like push back on that and like uh, you know, at this point, I would say it's touch and go. And like it's an election year, anything can happen. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, the election year is definitely like it feels like it's not an election year because. There's no candidates running. We know it's Trump. We know it's yeah. Biden. So there's not that like, you know, excitement of like there's a bunch of d horses in the race and you're going to see who who pulls up and you get the sense of like what America really wants. Like all we know now is America does not want either of these guys. That's why I say go older. Jimmy Carter is still alive, everyone. <laughs> He's out there. I he knows what's going on. <laughs> I thought you were say Jimmy Carr. He's not that Jimmy old. Carr he's is not a American, nice for God's sakes. Um, I wanted to uh, Thank you. ask you some questions. Whoa, how long is this podcast? Yeah, is it I got to smoke yet? a cigarette. About 10 minutes shot. Okay, cool. No, Jesus I, I, Christ. No, I want to smoke a cigarette. Is that possible or no? No, you can't smoke anymore. Okay, here, right? go ahead. No. Go ahead. What's the question, then? I wish you could. All right. This is a segment that's called Fastballs with Fits. What? I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. What, um, what's your end game to run like a Dave and Buster's or something? <laughs> <laughs> Fastballs with fits. Have you ever saved somebody's life? Um, 
Debatable, probably, kind of, you know, yeah. Heimlich maneuver thing. Did you really? Yeah, but I don't think I saved their life, though. I think I was. <laughs> <laughs> you think I you was just, holding? I had an whole, erection. I, I couldn't think of what. To no, do. I have a joke about that, so don't even bring it up. Oh. I have a whole joke about it. But All right. No, I, I would say probably. Was not. it in a restaurant? Yeah, it was in a restaurant. Was it a stranger or somebody you were with? Yeah, no, we were eating, and at the other table, someone was choking, so I got up and did it. But like, I wouldn't say that I've saved anyone's life. Did, so. But that you saved their. Did any? What's the next question, fastball? <laughs> You got your yes or no. Come on. Do this earlier in the podcast if you want a big discussion thing. Go ahead. Next. I love that you just won't be called a hero. No, I was going to say I've never saved a life, but I have saved this show. This one. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, uh... Have you ever not finished a set on stage? You mean walked off? Yeah. Never. I don't think I've ever done that. And I always say to the, I go like, that's the one thing that really activates my old school comedy. It's like, do not let them win. Yeah. I don't care what you have to right, do. Right. If they throw a bottle at you, yeah. just duck. But yeah. keep going until yeah. your time. Right. Do your time. Right. right. So I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. And looking back on some of those shows, I probably should have done that. Yeah. Because you know? when you see somebody walk, what do you think? When weak. they walk out of the room, oh, <laughs> no. off, off stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, that's weak. Yeah, but back, but now it's like showing, like you know, I'm. A, this is not, you know, I'm an artist, yeah. and this is not my thing. Yeah. So like, there's different ways to look at it. But back in the old day of comedy, you'd be like, that's weak. Yeah. You know, so what? The guy's whipping bottle at you. You know, don't you have a <laughs> bottle joke? Well, so. also like, it it makes it funny. It gives you something to actually talk about. Yeah. You know? And uh, especially now, like since people are videotaping everything, there was a girl in uh, Uncle Vinny's in New Jersey. Yes, I just worked with her. She got a beer her. thrown at her head, and like it went viral. It was the and best I love thing that ever she held her ground. Her. Yeah, she didn't yeah, leave. yeah. I it love was that. Great. Um, all right, we'll finish on this because I know you got to go smoke. Yes. Um, what's the hackiest bit you've ever done? Oh, dude, that's such a great question. I have so many hacky bits, and. Um, uh, even now, I think I have some, um, um, I, you know, you know, my name, uh, the mayor of Hacktown, right? <laughs> <laughs> but are you talking the classic, um, definition of hack where yeah. it's like someone else's bit as well? Or no, just something that you look back on and you cringe and go, I can't believe I actually, did I, that too many to name, too many to name. And the ones that aren't kind of hacky or corny or ham, as they say. Yeah. I would say there's so many, so many inappropriates in there, you right. know, that kind of stuff. But doesn't it seem like, um, you know, as I get older, like I'm really, um, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm luckily I'm still thinking on stage fast, Yeah. but like that other show, like the fourth show, the fifth show, when I'm really tired, I can't even remember the, uh, MC's name, you know, I'm yeah. calling him another name, something like that. And it's, <laughs> and it's really kind of awkward, but like, that's when you really see the, the big hack. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm trying to like, yeah. and I'm like, and you look like, uh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to pay a lot for that muffler. Yeah, you know, then you're yeah. like, Whoa, where right. did that come from? Right. But usually I, I, I steer clear of hack, but right. that's a great one, man. I owe you yeah. like an actual joke. On okay. That one. We'll do it later. All right. Uh, David tells coming to your town. If you live in uh, Vegas, wise guys, uh, October 22nd through the 24th helium in St. Louis. Yes. March 8th through the 9th. That's a tough, tough club to fill. So mm, good luck. I love the challenge. Mothership in Austin, March 22nd Bingo. to the 24th. Wow. I want you to make fun of uh, intellectually disabled people and blacks. Uh, they love it. That's why we had the extra Sunday show. That's what they, <laughs> over there, they call that brunch. <laughs> I want a Texas brunch. <laughs> Brea, March 29th and 30th. Pittsburgh, April 5th through 7th. 
then Welch, Minnesota, Charlestown, West Virginia, Salt Lake City, Royal Oak, Michigan, and Chicago, the Den Theater. That's a mm, fun spot. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And uh, Chicago, like for a long time, you couldn't play downtown. Now there is a decent room. I mean, no no offense to Zanies or anything. I'm saying like, it's a big room. Yeah. It's a good room. And I also play Schaumburg out in the, uh, in the oh, you know, right, outside right. of town. So yeah. yeah, I love that town. Yeah. And I was going to say to you, man, next time I'm in Bray, if you're like in the neighborhood, come by, do spot. Oh, know? I love that. Because I like what, I love getting to watch you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Honestly, right, I'll, Greg, you're I'll the come best. down. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Fitzburg, what is it again? <laughs> Fitzdog Radio, guys. Thank you. It's our new promo.